I'll try to do some intro. And uh, uh, come up with something. You want me to do it? <laughs> no, this is my podcast. <laughs> I do it. Welcome to Coffee Is Me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hey, Coffee is Me listeners. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Coffee is Me. It's Sunday morning. So I might be a little bit slow, but I have somebody who is much faster and more energetic called Gleason. Hey, Gleason, how are you? What's going on, V? I am uh, excited to be here. I can hear that, man. You, where do you get your energy? Coffee. And I uh, just kind of have to fully, I'm just born with that way. I'm just always energetic. Unless you catch me like at 5 a.m., then I'm not. I remember that because you attended our course and we'll talk about it a bit later. And I remember your energy, man. It was like... That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's just a lot of uh, me pretending to be fake around people, you know. <laughs> so, guys, you have to realize that Gleason is a super funny guy, and he has this kind of a dry humor, which I really, really enjoy. But just be aware of that. that sometimes he says something, and it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> some people will not find it funny at all, but then there's some people that will just be in the back, like, ah, I got it. No, it's so refreshing, man. I love this kind of humor. And Willem Boot, you know, the guy I work with, he has similar humor, and I love, it. and we love that because uh, it's 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 dry, and you need a little brain uh, to kind of get it sometimes, right? So sometimes I look at Willem and it's like, is he serious or is he joking? Oh yeah, it's a joke, yeah, kind of thing. So just to put you uh, on spot, you work with coffee. You have a coffee company called Minimalist Coffee, right? And you are in a beautiful Alabama. I am. I am in uh, Auburn, Alabama, the most beautiful plains. And uh, we actually lost uh, our football game yesterday. So I'm, uh, I'm a little sad. Yeah, I know. It, and that, it, it cut a little deep. But, you know, it's okay. I, I still have coffee. So I'm okay. I've never been in Alabama, but I really wanted to go to those lands. So maybe one day uh, we talked about the barbecue stuff. How like mm -hmm. I told you how to find the best barbecue. Yeah, I definitely will consult you on that. Number one but, is make sure they have a pig on the sign. That's how mm -hmm. you know. A pig, well, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of pork. Like uh, the forever god of food, Anthony Bourdain once said, is that a pig is a noble beast. I agree with that. Yeah, pork is, pork is probably some of the best that you can get. <laughs> All right, Gleason. My first question usually is about your first sip of coffee. Do you remember your first sip of coffee? I don't remember my exact first sip of coffee because like that would probably be weird if I did. But I remember when I was, uh, I don't know, probably like eight, seven, something like that. Uh, we used to uh, go with our family friends to uh, the lake every weekend when I was a kid. And on Saturday mornings, my mom would make coffee. And I remember she would let me have one cup of coffee and that was something that I would look forward to. Like, I didn't care about going, you know, on the water, you know, playing with friends. It was like, I get that cup of coffee with, I'm sure it had so much sugar and creamer in it. But like, I, I just remember always being so excited about that. And like, after that, like I was 
just as happy as can be. That's probably why I have so much energy. Like I was got messed up as a kid because of that. Like I, I, I overloaded myself and now it's still all just coming out. <laughs> it's like a, it's like one of those things when uh, a superhero is uh, put in some kind of liquid or something accidentally falls into something and it gives him the superheroes. Put in me, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it works, it seems. <laughs> one of the reasons why I invited you for the podcast is that you came to our lab or campus twice. Once you had to leave and then you finished your course in uh, September. And I remember when you came first time, it was June, July, June, July. I think it was July. That's right. It, yeah, it was July. You had your business in your head, right? You just kind of were playing with it. Yeah, so I, I already had the business, but I was using a local roaster to help me. It wasn't me roasting it. And... I don't know, after like, so I launched the company in April, like April 12th. And after like a month or so, I was, you know, more in love with it and the idea of coffee and like just the business and everything that I felt like I wasn't doing a service to, you know, customers and people who really uh, believed in me because it's not that I was faking anything. I was very transparent, but I, I didn't feel that, like, oh, I created this and people are happy about it. I was just kind of repackaging what somebody else was doing. And I, I didn't I didn't like that. And so I actually found y'all's course through this podcast. Mm. Crazy enough. Like I, I remember I was looking up coffee podcasts and coffee is me was definitely ranked like number like ninety out of like ten. But you know, uh um that was a joke, by the way. It's like actually like uh it was it was a like ranked like in the top five podcasts for coffee actually and the on the wow. website that I looked up yeah and so um I uh remember listening to it was the episode where I forgot who his name was but he has um clutch coffee where he has mm -hmm. all of those and I thought that was just really cool and that was something that like I've thought about before and so I remember going to the website and like you know what this is what I need to do I want to learn how to do coffee. I actually roast it and create instead of just using somebody else's. And so that was like a big uh, turning point for me in the business. That's when I ended up um, not shutting down, but just kind of putting a halt on everything so that I could begin to learn and uh, perfect that uh, roasting craft so that it, it truly is coming from me and, um, you know, giving this service and this luxury basically to customers and family and friends and everybody. Yeah, but the thing is that when you came, first of all, I did not know that you found Boot Coffee through this podcast, which is awesome. Uh, but I didn't want to get your head bigger than it is. <laughs> I thought so. But you know, the the thing about uh that when, when you came first time, yes, you had all these ideas and you told me about your business and I was like, cool, charming. We have, you know, hundreds of people like that. And then you came, came back and suddenly I see that in this few months, because this was like three months difference, suddenly there is a business there. Not only that, but recently you sent me some coffee and I was like, oh, let's check it out. You know, what you're doing. I checked out your website, your Instagram. And I was like, things are happening so fast. Like I know companies who 
you know, we trained, ro- uh, train, trained them to be roasters, let's say, two years ago, and they did not caught up with your uh, branding or everything. Like, basically, you, you put it together so fast. And I was like, let's talk about it, because I think that's very inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it, well, first off, did you think I was going to come back, or did you think I was just done after I had to leave? I don't know, because you said that you have some family issue. Most of Most of the people... Uh, come back, and people who don't want to come back, they just say that no, this is not for me. And especially, I know that you are from Alabama, and I know that you are super transparent and honest. I, I, I hope that you come back. I did, see, because like whenever like I actually I, I I was like it was because of like some family stuff that was going on that I had to get back for, and I was like oh I'm sure they think that I'm not coming back, but I'm I signed up like as soon as I think it was like I messaged you about signing up for the next one. Even before it was like posted, I was like, I need to come back. I need to finish this. Like, I don't want to just be like halfway through it. Like, I I, I want to see it through. Well, there's one. I'm a little bit sorry that you signed up for the SCA roasting course, because now as I know more what you're going uh, through, I really the Coffee Lab Pro is much better uh, uh, match for you, uh, because that's all about business. And you know, coffee uh, SCA coffee roasting is really deep deep coffee roasting class the SCLAP pro sorry the, the coffee lab pro which we do with uh it's our own course at boot it's much more like yeah it's roasting but much more into like business and how to make money and and students help each other too because everybody has some kind of vision so anyway maybe next time uh you, hopefully you come back if you know and we can uh, continue that but let's continue with your business because I'm, i i want to know like okay so you are in alabama uh, uh, what's the coffee scene there now, and why you decided to do coffee and not socks, for example? So the coffee scene in Alabama is uh, there's a few roasters here, uh, especially in Auburn, um, and like I, I was using them, uh, but they, no, there's I have nothing bad to say about any of the roasters here. It's all great coffee, and I think that's one of the amazing things about that there being like a few of us here is because it's really getting people into these different um cups of coffee these different you know regions and countries that they come from and it's not just your basic bland like uh this this tastes like just dirt water it's actually and i think that's something that like i really got from you guys is you know you you guys are doing all this because you want there to be better coffee in the world. And I think that's a great thing that Alabama, at least in Auburn, is really beginning to go on because we have a bunch of new coffee shops that have been popping up and it's just uh, good coffee that's really getting people like into it. Like there, there's more conversation, there's more thought behind it instead of just, oh, this is my go-go juice. Like that's, mm-hmm. And that's fine if that's what you're using it for, but it's, it's really kind of uh, like like a wine scene where it's like you have these notes and everything. Like people are really starting to get into that, and I think that's a growing thing here um, because we are starting to have a few more pop up. You already said that there are some companies there. So how did you want it to differentiate from them? So my biggest thing is I wanted to really have a story behind what it was not just another company and that's something that you guys also reiterated when i came up there and that's why all of like our coffees have a story behind them 
and also a charity attached to them that we've recently started doing. And so I, I just, I also knew that that wasn't enough though. I, I, I wanted something that wasn't the easiest route because I felt like that would kind of make it or break it. And that's why I uh, started doing the bus of the, uh, you know, it's not just a normal coffee shop. It's literally a coffee shop on wheels that can go anywhere and has all the equipment and, you know, bells and whistles that it can, it's not, you have to come to me. I, I can come to you and I can go and take this coffee everywhere. Basically. Yeah. That coffee bus is rad. My son saw it this morning and he was like, this is really awesome. I was like, cool. I'm having podcast with this guy this morning. And he's like, really? So, uh, we will talk about the bus for sure. Um, I just don't want to skip topics because I have so much, so many questions about your coffee itself at first. Uh, so, okay. Uh, one question which came up right now is that you said you, each of these uh, coffees is attached to certain charity. Can you give us an example? How does this work? If, for example, I'm a small business owner, I have a coffee or whatever, and uh, how does, how, how can I make this work so I can attach it to some charity? Um, so. What I have is I have my uh, charity or not my charities. I have my coffee attached to certain charities, like you said, and it's all based on what coffee it is and what story I'm trying to tell through it. Like a couple, a couple examples is I have one coffee called the golden hour, which uh, is actually a story from every morning at like around six, six thirty. I have two golden retrievers that wake me up to take them outside and that's how I start my day. And so that's why it's called the golden hour, kind of like a double meaning. And so that charity is the Lee County Humane Society. And it's to just kind of uh, give back to um, things that I am passionate about and things that I want to see do better in my community and, you know, around the world. And I think it'd be a great thing for people to uh, really put in there because so what we do is I, do a portion of every time I sell a bag of coffee, whether whether it be in person or on the website, a portion of that proceed goes towards the charity. And so what I'll do is every year I'll round that up and that's what's going to go towards it. And so every coffee has a different one. Um, another one is so the bag that I actually sent you called the Hustle Express. And that goes towards the Boys and Girls Club, which is to help with financial literacy and just to get them the things that they need and um, help them, you know, have better lives and continue to grow. And it's, it's, it's a, a, a charity that I've been working with for a few years now that I've worked with them every Christmas and Thanksgiving to just give back and help these kids um, really have everything that I want them to have. Meaning like, you know, I want them to have whatever it is that I have, um, to grow up and be as successful and happy as they can. Mm -hmm. And so another one is the Savannah, which uh, is named after my fiance, and it's our sweet blend. So that was like some brownie points right there for me. And that one's connected <laughs> to uh, Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Okay. And so that one is because that's also another story that, you know, breast cancer runs in her family. And that was something that, you know, it's connected to her in a sense, the meaning of it, because it's the sweet blend is named after her. So I was like, I want it to be connected to something that, you know, has affected 
um, our lives and so many lives of other people that, you know, this is what's going to go towards it. And so that's all it is. It's all about, you know, just connecting it to something that truly means something to you and has a true uh, meaning and passion behind it. It's kind of like you said, like, I'm very transparent. So I wanted this coffee and these, you know, the connection to these charities to reflect the transparency saying, this is the story behind it of this coffee. And so I want it to go towards this charity because it means this to me. And I want it to help those people. And because this, this company, I, I, when I leave this earth, I want this company to have made a difference in, you know, not just one life, but, you know, millions of lives. That's the goal is to actually not just do something for me, but do something for everybody else too. I got it. Uh, Okay, uh, can you give us kind of a rough uh, ballpark, like what percentage of the sales go to these charities? Yeah, so usually I do uh, a 10% of the proceeds, but sometimes that ends up equaling, like like because each bag is like uh, uh, only or get to like maybe like 90 cents. So I'll just round it up if it's below that, depending on how much you purchase and like what the total for that bag is. So I'll round it up to like a dollar. So a dollar, like, so I, I, uh, that's something I think I'm going to start doing is, you know, doing a dollar per bag goes towards that, uh, fund that I'm going to send to the charities. And I, I, I don't do it like every time that like I get one, it immediately goes to them or else they'd be getting like 30 cents, you know, every now and then instead I have it rounded up, you know, uh, at the end of the year, um, that way I can add in my personal money with it to, um, really help and if it's if it's not if i see like maybe like i've donated you know like a hundred two hundred dollars and it's like only 199 i'm gonna i'm gonna of course gonna round it up and do what i can to really make a difference and but that but that's the that's just the starting point of it right now is so it's uh 10 percent of the proceeds and if that has to be rounded up then you know we'll round that up to really make a difference and not just be, not just say that we're helping but really to make a difference to help I have two free tips for you. I usually, I don't know, I don't do this on a podcast, but let's let's start to do that. So I checked your website and we. I hope you will have time to talk about it, but uh, very fast. So if you want to help even more, you can always add a little checkout thing where people can, let's say, donate another dollar to these charities. And you say, you know, we, you, we from your purchase, we are donating X amount. And if you want to, you know, add more, it is, you know, you can add another dollar or whatever you decide. And a second, um, it's a little bit more a critique. Uh, I don't know these stories, man. I checked your website and it's not there. And I think that you should add all these stories next to your products. The stories are on there. Well, I checked your product and all I saw was a description of the coffee. Like, you know, what kind of coffee, what kind of flavor profile does it have? But I did not see the story and how much money, you know, uh, because I tell you honestly that my problem is that many times, I, you know, there's a lot of charities out there. There's a lot of things we need to, they need help. And I, I don't know whether they are legit or how much money the actual charity use, uses for, or how much, let's say a company gives to the charity. I don't know these things, but if it's transparent, I see, I feel much better about that. So. All right, I'm looking at it right now. Apparently they're not on there. They were, they used to be, I guess when I edited the website, they got messed up. So that's, thank you for telling me that. Cause that's something I need to add back in there. Cause I think that is right. They. I, I want them to be able to see, uh, you know, what 
what the story is behind it and mm -hmm. what it's connected to. So thank you. Yes, I, I appreciate that. You're right. And I would encourage you to add pictures. Once you know, donate that money or you know, meet with those people who are beneficiaries. I know you are just starting, but once you establish those connections, add the pictures there so we can see that. You know, so people feel confident that yeah, if this is a real deal, this is not only a BS. Right. I gotcha. I, I like that idea. I like it. Yeah. So I'll charge $150 for that and we can continue and then we can just add it up on the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Just, <laughs> just send me an invoice and I'll send you something in return. <laughs> something. Yeah. I prefer money. I mean, it's going to, you know, whatever. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it later. We'll figure it out. I saw on a website that you have K, K pods. Why did you decide to have K pods? How do they sell and how do you make them? So uh, I decided to have K-Pods because that was something else that I wanted to kind of uh, use to differentiate myself with because a lot of these companies that are especially just starting out, the bigger ones usually always have K-Pods. Um, um, you can't say K-Cups because technically Keurig owns K-Cups, so they're K-Pods okay. um, or single serve. So, uh, and so I wanted to kind of just do that and really get into, you know, um, having something different from especially like places that are local here you know i want to be able to get into because that that's a huge trend is really you know these single serve on the go like you're trying to get it your coffee and go so i wanted to appeal to that customer basis um and they do well but one thing that i've been seeing lately is people who are buying you know specialty coffee or you know like once they see like oh my god this coffee is so good they don't want it in this small cup form. They they want the bag. Some, sometimes they want to grind it themselves. So they they the K pods are doing well, but to my surprise, the ground bags are and um, whole bean bags are still outperforming them very well. Um, oh, I'm glad and, to hear that. Yeah, and so and and that and that's something that I enjoy. It's kind of like we talked about earlier. Like you're finding you know, how to make the best coffee and good coffee, not just quick and on the go coffee. But if that's what you're needing and that's what you're wanting, that's perfectly fine. Like my sister's fiance, he'll buy bad coffees for their house, but then he'll buy the K-Pods because he's a, uh, uh, a nurse at the, um, um, on the emergency unit. He'll mm -hmm. take the K-Pods there because that's something that they really need is, you know, just single serve, let me get my coffee. And that way they're, you know, alert and focus and everything so i i think it 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 helps for certain situations and certain preferences because not everybody's coffee preference is the same yeah i'm not judging you don't misunderstand me uh not at all i think that every innovative business idea is great so i have problems with the k-cups only because of the en environmental impact it's just a simple razor uh and razor blade business you know so and if you if you're talking about the financial literacy as a consumer, you add up how much you would pay, for example, if, if you buy a, a co like a ground beans, for example, a ground coffee, or your pods, like either K-Cups or the Nespresso pods, you'll be surprised. You'll be really surprised. I agree. But like I said, it's, it's just because certain preferences and certain situations that it's preferred, but people still really do appreciate having, you know, a, uh, a bag of coffee that they, when they open it, they smell it. Right. Mm -hmm. When you open yeah. up a, a box of K pods, everything's sealed tight. So you're not really getting that smell until you're brewing the coffee. So when you're getting, so when people, that's, uh, that's another reason people love getting bad coffee is because, uh, especially like degassing valves, 
you know, like you can squeeze the bag a little bit and you're getting this nice, like whiff of, you know, fresh coffee. And it's hopefully you are with me. You are. are with, you? Yeah. With you. Definitely. Yeah, I'm just saying me, that at minimalistcoffeecompany.com. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you always do. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But back to your original thing, the way that I make them are, I have a filling machine mm-hmm. that once I ground, ground them up, I put them in the filling machine and each I have, it um, dialed in for each K-pot of how much to fill it up. After that, I put them into a heat sealer, and I have um, custom um, lids that I put on them, and I heat seal them on there, and then they go to the box. So awesome. it's, it's, it's a very simple process, uh, it, but it's one of those things where I had to like learn and do research of how to find out how to do it, but I feel like that's everything in this business and in business in general, it's with Google and the web, you, you can literally find out how to do anything in like an hour if you really tried. Mm, that's true. I was just curious, like, you know, is it expensive uh, equipment or is it something affordable and you can buy it easily? Compared to coffee equipment, it's a, it's, I would say it's on the average range. Like, it's okay. not like, it's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to break the bank or I have to go into debt for this, but it's, it's not, you know, like cheap where you can, you know, find it on, especially like when you're getting like real equipment, not just like, um, do, do like at home type of stuff. Uh-huh. So it's, it's when you're talking like coffee industry, it's not expensive, but when you're probably talking like the average consumer, it's probably on the little bit more expensive side. If that makes See, sense. Can you make uh, an espresso pot with it or other parts or is it just on a pot? So I'm pretty sure you could make Nespresso pods with it because it's uh, the cup size on there, but the cup size on there is specific to 51 millimeters, I believe. So I'm not sure exactly what size Nespresso's are, Nespresso cape, uh, pods are. I haven't really looked into that. I've only been really looking into the single mm-hmm. serve uh, K-pods. So I would assume that you can't, like I, I know for the fact of, you know, the filling machine you can, and I'm sure with the heat seal you can, I just, I haven't tried it. So I don't personally know. Okay, cool. No, you know, I'm not judging at all. I think that uh, every business is different and every person is different and that's cool. I think if we would have one type of coffee companies, only the high specialty grade companies, the world will be super, super boring. And that's what I want to invite all to this podcast. People who do different things. Like we had drive through. I never, I learned about drive through so much, you know, I don't use them, not because I'm against them. I just like, I'm a little bit intimidated. I still didn't go through a drive through. I never been in a drive through, like, like not coffee, not burgers, nothing. How do you live? I know, man. I just park and go and get my burger like that. An animal. <laughs> European. so so, but learning learning about it it's awesome because you know it's something which is not natural to me and and uh, it's a coffee world and this podcast is about coffee business right and i remember you talking about uh that like how like in in europe there's not really that many drive-thrus right it's Mm -hmm. it's not like as uh mainstream as it is here in america yeah I think that we like to take time uh, with our food. We like to take time with our coffee, at least my generation. The new generation is changing. I mean, obviously, the uh, McDonald's is a big in Europe. You know, there's McDonald's everywhere. And young generation enjoys it. 
So I'm, you know, maybe at some point people will, you know, prefer drive throughs and maybe they already do. I'm just not living there, you know, I don't know, but I'd like to take my time with uh, all these, you know, here's a question for you. How do you roast? And why did you decide to violate my rule when it comes to the size of your roaster? Oh, okay. So that was straight to the gut. Um, oh, yeah, man. So, oh, yeah. I, so I roast on a uh, Mill City uh, Digital 2K, uh, which I love. And you're not going to make me feel bad about it. Um, I roast uh, with my heart. There's a silence here because you know it's like okay, but should I take this like with your heart? Yeah, or with your yeah, hand. It's with love. No, with love. Okay. I don't even touch the machine. It's just love. But so uh, I, the way that I roast is I like to set up a profile before I jump into anything like any good roaster should. I kind of like make a game plan, which I was really really bad about before. Because before I, what? Before like going like so I like. When I got my roaster, like, I honestly, like, just kind of played with it and did, like, tr test trial and error, and which was, was working, but it wasn't really the best way. And so until I started doing y'all's, uh, you know, uh, courses, and then I also did, like, some other free courses, I really learned how to make a plan and execute that plan for the mm -hmm. roasting instead of just guessing and hoping and doing like all of these trial and errors, which I still have to do trial and error. That's any roasting cooking that you do at all. But it was, I had more of a game plan. And when something didn't go as I planned, I could tell if that worked better, if it worked worse, if I, how I could adjust it. It's kind of like, you know, doing one variable at a time instead of saying, well, this one's a scrap. Let's try it again, you know? And so that's that's how I roast is now. It's I go in with a pretty detailed plan. Um, some of it is from past roasts. Some of it's from the roasts I've done at uh, Boot Coffee, and some of it's just experience. Mm -hmm. uh, even though it's not a ton of experience, it's still better than what I was starting out with. No, I love that you put you inside because you know I <laughs> I usually start our courses uh, with uh, when I'm teaching the course. I usually start that. I hope by the end of this week. You get have, you're going to have more questions than answers because it had like one, like when I did the, uh, you know, introduction and then I had to leave right after the introduction, I had so many questions that I didn't have answered, but that's because like one, I left, you know, early mm -hmm. and I, you know, already had questions that I never got to ask, I guess. And so one good thing is when I came back, I already kind of answered a few of those. So I came in more confident and I had more detailed questions to ask. Yeah, that, that, that always works. And, you know, my theory is that more, you know, more, and you are interested in a topic, obviously, more, you know, more uh, competent questions you have. And those are the best because that's when you can, you know, create your own roles, your own craft. And I love the fact that you went that way because some people want recipes from us, like show me how it's done. And yeah, I can do that for you, but I always warn you that, yeah, I can give you a few profiles and you follow these, this is cool and you will be fine, you'll be golden. But why don't you just do you? Because do you want to be the same as other 200 students? Well, obviously our 200 students or whatever, how many hundred students, they don't 
uh, do the same profile, but let's say if they would, I mean, that would be, again, a super boring word. So I'm really happy that you went with your own uh, thoughts when it comes to profiling. I'm really disappointed about your choice of a size, not the brand. I'm not, I am not. I have no issues with the brand. I have issues with the size of your roster. The size of my roster. So you don't like, you told me, and I quote, anything under a 10 kilo is a sample roster to me. And that's what you told me. And so I decided to take that into heart and got a two kilo. Well, no, anything under five kilo, anything under five, five kilo. Yeah. 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 Don't change my words, man. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I decided to get a two kilo roaster because, uh, the price of it was in my range at the time. Um, and so instead of waiting and trying to like do nothing, I wanted to go ahead and start roasting because worst case scenario is I'm going to at least learn how to do better profiles and roasts on this small machine. And I can always grow into a bigger one, you know, either a, I can use, I can keep this machine, use it as a sample roaster. Or B, I could sell it and be able to afford an even better roaster or a bigger roaster, I should say. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided instead of just sitting back and waiting um, and hoping that something good would happen, um, I decided to go ahead and take the plunge and um, get the roaster that I could at the time. It wasn't that I was going against your, uh, your, uh, help and your like guidance it was i needed to get something that would work for me at the time so i took what you said into consideration but then at the end of the day had to make a true business decision of what's going to be best for me my company and how i can truly grow and not just stay in the same spot <laughs> i'm teasing you the same way as you tease me uh but I think it's important to realize this and, and you did and you have a plan, which is great. Um, for me, the recommendation for a roster size is always based on my previous experiences. And as you know, as they say with cars, your mileage may vary, right? So your situation might be different and your situation makes sense to get a smaller roster. But that said, I really hope you get burn yourself and soon you realize I need a bigger roaster and I hope you will have money because that means you're making money. You're selling a lot of coffee. So I really hope that you're going to have a nice 15 kilo uh, roaster in your uh, warehouse soon. I do because that's something I'm actually, uh, the spot that I'm in right now, it's a very small spot. And so I, that's what I'm doing uh, in the next couple of weeks is I'm moving into a larger facility and I'm hoping that not hoping, but also working hard towards making it so that I have so much that I can, I'll have to get a 15 kilo soon. And that, and that's something that I've already have, you know, in the, in the, uh, in my, uh, in the future is I already have things set up so that I can be able to do that. So the first step is moving into a larger facility where I have more room, more storage, and then after that, I'm planning on getting a bigger roaster. And like I said, either A, I'll sell the roaster I have and be able to put that towards, you know, a bigger roaster. Or B, I can still use that as my sample roaster instead of having to get something smaller and, you know, something that I'll have to, in a sense, relearn. Mm -hmm. With this one, I already, you know, know, you know the, the kinks of it and everything that I like to really get what I'm looking for. 
So I'll be able to have that real big production roaster and then be able to use this two kilo as a uh, sample roaster. Or you can use it for, I think for sample roaster, two kilo is a little bit big, uh, simply because if you ask for samples, uh, then nobody sends you like a kilo or two kilo samples. They usually come in 150 grams or maybe, you know, 200 grams. So that's, you know, like eight ounces or under eight ounces. But what you can use it for is either profiling or I tell you even better what we use our smaller roaster in Green Plantation for specialty lots. So for example, you decide to get into Gesha game or Geisha game or some very expensive coffees game. And that's your roaster where you can roast those very special, you know, specialty lots because you probably get, you know, orders which are smaller on a smaller scale. So that's always kind of cool to uh, have that kind of size of roaster. But, you know, uh, we also like, let, let's not forget that we also discussed, because I, what I recommended you, if you cannot buy the bigger roaster, I always recommend everyone before you buy any roaster, uh, try it out with a co a roasting facility or, uh, go ahead and, you know, make some agreement with a local roaster that you roast on the machines, which you, uh, tried, but you couldn't work it out. Right. Right. And so that was something that I, I'm the type where if I keep being told no, it more, more so motivates me. So, you know, I was, you, you weren't telling me no, but you were, I remember you told me like, you know, it, you need to get, you know, a 15, 10, 15 kilo. And if you need, and if you can't sell that coffee, then why are you in this business at all? And it's not uh -huh. that I took offense to that. I took that as a challenge and like motivation, which I think that's what you were trying to tell me with like, Hey, if you can't sell, then don't try to. And I was like, I can sell, like, let me, let me go and roast the best coffee I can. And so then when I tried to, work with a local roaster um and they said no we aren't interested in doing that you know it wasn't anything harmful it was just something that they weren't looking to do and or didn't have time or the space to do so i was like you know what i'm gonna just go and do it myself i'm just gonna you know jump into the wind and you know just make it work like and, that, and that's that's something that's been motivating me and something that i think is why like you said my business has grown. My online presence has grown because I'm so motivated to do it and make it work and give the best coffee and business that I can. Yeah. Uh, I gave you tough love. <laughs> Sorry. Definitely tough love. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I figured out you can, you can uh, bear it and dude, you are so young. Uh, you can uh, fail multiple times and still make it. So, you know, your time is, you have more time on, on the planet, hopefully, than, than me, for example. I'm actually, so you, I'm actually really old now. I, I turned 25 today. Oh, my gosh. I'm, my heart breaks. I, I'm not going to tell my age. But what I, wanna, what, I, what I want to tell you is that you have a time to experiment. And, you know, people like me will tell you how things are because we had certain experiences in our lives. And prove us wrong, man. That's, that's the best when you prove us wrong and say, hey, I can make awesome business with a two-kilo roaster. I couldn't. I always was thinking that my next roaster is, is you know, I started with a three kilo probat. Sorry, actually, I started with a 250 gram uh, up and roast, which is a whatever. I thought that I was just roast coffee for my cafe. Gosh, that was stupid. 250 grams per, per batch. And it was all, you know, it was just a barrel on fire. It was super weird. Then I had this like this three kilo probat, which I was like, oh, this will be it. 
nope. Then we were when I restarted my business in 2012. I was like, I told to my uh, uh, business partner, I said, I'm not going to buy three kilo roaster anymore. It has to be at least five. It must be five kilo. Dude, we after a year and a half, we are selling the five, not selling, but we had to buy a new roaster, a 15 kilo one, which is a great problem to have. But on the other hand, the roasters cost money. And, you know, if you want to sell your old roaster, you always lose money on it big time. Right. So you don't say it's, it's, for a new it's, it's depreciated without a doubt. Yeah, it's like a car, right? So we were lucky because the five kilo roaster we can use for smaller lots, for specialty, specialty lots. And, the, you know, the other one, actually the 15 kilo we sold and now we have a 25 kilo, but only because it was a probat and I was like, oh, I want that probat. But we, we would be fine with 15 kilo and five kilo, you know. Our, our size of company. And don't forget, our main uh, uh, business is uh, coffee direct to consumer and wholesale. We don't have a cafe. And you have a bus. So that's again a different game because, you know, to sell your coffee on a bus as a, as a beverage, that's, you know, high profit margins. So that might make sense. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And that's, that, that's a problem that, you know, I'm excited to have. Uh, you know, is once I'm able to grow past it, you know, there's, there's so many different avenues that I can use that roaster for once I get a bigger one, which, you know, you, some of the ideas you've given me, like having, so, like I could always have somebody else come in there and use that one, you know, cause if I'm not using it, I'm using like a bigger production roaster, then I can, you know, rent that one out, you know, cause I'm only roasting two days out of the week. The rest is, you know, working on the, uh, uh, using the bus, use going to events, um, marketing, wholesaling, everything like that. And so it, it could, you know, end up being a continuous uh, profit because of it. And so I, I, that's something else that I, I appreciate you giving me the idea is using that uh, not only for myself, but can help others, which in, the, in turn uh, helps my business. And also the whole goal of bringing better coffee into the state and the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was surprised that in Alabama or near you in Alabama, you didn't find any roaster who will rent time on the rosters. And I, and I kind of understand the gut feeling is like, oh, he's going to be my competitor. But truthfully said, you know, you will be the competitor no matter what. A, why, the, why wouldn't I have some profit from my future competitor? Maybe I find a future partner because I say, hey, uh, Gleason has these awesome ideas. Hey, man, let me invest in you and let's make business together because your coffee will be very different from mine. And this way, I can venture out to different worlds, which is always my situation in Green Plantation. We do specialty world, but hey, I'm always looking into like, can I do some other kind of coffee and, you know, uh, basically play, play on that field? I, I can't, but maybe if I find somebody in Slovakia who can, I invest in that. And the third thing what, you know, uh, you can do is that Many people want to do businesses, you know, they like, I'm going to make a business and fast, they realize how hard work it is. And maybe it's not for them. So again, you get out one guy very fast without, you know, doing uh, uh, deep into your sales because, you know, they rent your roaster after like, uh, I don't know, a few months, they realize I cannot move that much coffee and they're out. So there's multiple benefits to letting people use your roasters. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, that, and that's something that like, I, I've definitely... Like I said, I, 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 I'm always looking towards the next day, but I'm always planning ahead for the next, you know, year or so, you know, I, I'm, and so that's something that I have already like kind of planned out of how I can, um, do that. And you know, what that would look like. 
and um, I'm, I'm excited, you know, just to be able to get to that point where I'm able to rent that out. Cause I think that'll be another milestone in my, you know, coffee career and the business of uh, being able to not worry about uh, having to roast on that one saying like, Oh, this is an extra one. Like, let me rent this out. You know, it, it, it's, it's a milestone of saying, Hey, like you, you've gotten this far, like, let's see where else it can go. Yeah. And you know, all of these, uh, people will have to learn to roast. So just send them to boot coffee, right? Yeah. I'll tell them to, uh, go <laughs> to, uh, boot coffee. And I, uh, I'd be like, look, just find the, uh, guy with the really thick accent who's gonna try to make you feel bad about yourself and then ah. let you know you're in the right spot oh no man i was just going to ask <laughs> you like okay what how was your experience with boot coffee how was I, your experience with boot coffee i had a great experience with boot coffee uh i i got i think one thing that i enjoyed that most people aren't going to um is that i got to go and learn from william himself the first time and then i got to go learn from daniel the second time Mm -hmm. Right. And so I got two completely different learning styles from it. The only thing that was the same was, you know, you were there both times. And so I, it was kind of that, that was like the, um, the constant is like you were there. And so like the way that you were trying to like talk to me about business and teaching me about certain types of coffee and like, you know, that you've introduced me to, uh, William. Um, and I actually got to, uh, buy a uh, coffee from him. To oh, you did. So we are talking about William, my former partner from Unleash Coffee, who is a Brazilian coffee farmer, right? Right. Awesome. And I, cool. I, I actually got to, I roast, I'm roasting his and using those as espresso beans now. And I got, uh, the chance to actually use those. Cause I told you this past weekend, um, it was my first time debuting the bus and you know working on it and i got to use those as my espresso and i they were raved about and so um really happy with that and i'm really excited to uh be in a partnership with him with the coffee beans at uh it's ftf i don't remember what what does that mean uh the it's his company, company. I, I forgot i'm sorry <laughs> okay so now now we're gonna have to be bad we put it we can, we can put it in a show notes there you and go. put it in the I'm show sure notes yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so he, he he's he's working with me to make sure, you know, he's he's a he's a true, you know, uh lover of coffee and um a good guy who he, he actually so when he I uh oh we'll come back to that. But yeah, so I got to learn, you know, two different styles from Wilhelm and then also from Daniel. And it was really great. I got to meet uh, you know, different people on both and it was a great experience. But awesome. I, I have I have nothing bad to say about my experience with boot coffee. It it was the it was you, exactly what I was hoping for and looking for both times. Awesome, thanks. And if you would have something wrong, I just cut it out, so don't worry. <laughs> if if no, I you, said something wrong, you would have cut it out? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm wouldn't. And, you know, I if you listen to this podcast, you know I usually, you know, take the good and bad. That was my part of my joke and you didn't get it. Yeah, bad joke. Yeah, it, it wasn't a bad joke. It just wasn't a good one. <laughs> you already repeating yourself. You did that to me once already before, and I felt very bad. I had to hide in a corner after that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it, okay, we'll we'll go from there. I'm not gonna make you feel bad. No, okay, good, good. So you know, I I'm not teaching the SCA uh, roasting class yet. I will at some point. 
So usually Willem is the one who is teaching the Q grader course. Daniel will stay definitely with uh, for barista and brewing and some of the sensory and some of the roasting class. And I will take on the roasting and sensory when I pick up my creds. Uh, but also one of, my, one of my favorite courses at Boot is definitely the Roast Lab Pro, which now I have liberty to remake it a little bit. And it's great because we're starting, I think, on Monday, tomorrow. And I make it much more business-oriented. I make it uh, much more, you know, on, on, a SCA, on the SCA roasting course, we have to use those papers to track the uh, profile. Remember that? Right, yeah. Yeah, which I think it's very hard because you don't focus on... So there's so many things happening in the roaster, so you focus sometimes too much on that paper, and it's just, like, very hard. I understand the, the need of it. So if you do SCA roasting course, I'll definitely be going to use those. But in the business course, I want to show you the software, ease you into Artisan, Cropster, whatever you you know use. We have the Gleason software because I think with that you can just like it's just faster, you know, to to get into the things. And I want to invite people from around who are running businesses and make it like afternoons about you guys asking business questions. These people, you know, people who already made it or just making it. So I want to make it a little bit more business and fun oriented. So you learn the roasting, but you also will learn much more about the business aspect of running a, a roasting business. I like that idea. Cause I, I think that's something that wasn't really looked at much. That was something that you kind of were putting your, like since, cause you were, when you were there, you were more so just helping set everything up and like giving like roasting tips and everything, but you were also giving um, uh, tips and ideas on business as well. But that was just something I think you were just doing, you know, because of your love for coffee mm -hmm. and like wanting to help see everybody succeed. But I, I think that's a great idea is having kind of more of a business oriented side of it as well. Yeah, that's but because SCA coffee roasting is about coffee roasting. It's not about business. It's about that's why I said they probably sign up for the wrong course, question mark, because I would love to have you in a business course. I'd be awesome, you know, because. That's where the business side comes out. And you are so entrepreneurial, so you can actually contribute. And I hope the students will also contribute with ideas. You know, I remember when Marcus was doing this course, the, the uh, Coffee Lab Pro, he used to have this uh, last day to create your own product. And I'm totally stealing that. And I used to be the judge. So basically the idea is that you come, you learned roasting, obviously, before, like uh, the days before, and you have an idea what you want to achieve with your roast. So on, on Thursdays, people uh, develop their own blends, espresso blends, or their cheap coffee or expensive coffee. So they had to come up with some vision for their coffee, right? They had to roast it, execute it, and serve it to us and explain what they tried to achieve. And we gave points on that. And, you know, uh, we then said who was the winner. And it was fun. It was great. I used to be the judge on it. So I was now I'm just stealing the idea from Marcus. Sorry, but, bud. And I'm just going to do it this Thursday because I think that'd be great. You know, it's fun. All right, dude, let's move to your bus because I really, really, really want to talk about your bus. So tell me the story behind that. It's a school bus, right? It is. Yeah. So it's it's not like a full, uh, like 45 foot school bus. It's like a 20 foot. So it's like a, a shorter, like almost like a shuttle bus. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, so actually it used to be my sister's uh, because she has a boutique that uh one thing that she did is she originally so she has a 40 foot school bus that she turned into a mobile boutique 
And then she got this one just for like uh, more so like being able to take places. And that was a huge thing. And she was getting ready to sell this bus, which is a shorter one. And um, I, I, I don't remember if it was my idea or my fiance's idea that like, hey, that'd be really cool to have that as like a coffee bus, you know? And I was like, yeah, that would be cool. And so I started going through my mind of everything that like I could do to it, what it would look like and all this. So then I would just, I went ahead and pulled the trigger. I was like, look, let me buy this from you. And I, I, I want to turn it into a coffee bus. So I bought it from her and immediately started to regret it because Oof. I didn't realize how much work was needed on this bus because they hadn't used it in a while because of COVID. So it was sitting in uh, the parking lot for a while. Well, uh, apparently somebody stole like the emergency hatch off the top, which we had no idea that or it like fell off something. I don't know. And so the inside had been rained on and it ruined the uh, subflooring in there. And that's something that um, me and my dad, like uh, actually we, me and my dad are actually the ones who uh, redid the bus to the boutique in the first place. It wasn't somebody else. Did it. So I knew everything about this bus, but then I was like, wow, there's so much more work that I have to do. But uh, another thing was like the battery was messed up. Uh, just some like little things like that. And so, when I say regret, I mean, I was just like, ah, oh, this is going to be a lot more work than I thought. But I had that vision in my mind, and I was like, I'm sticking to it because I think this would be something awesome that, like I said, would differentiate me from all other places and just get people talking about it, right? Because it's like you, you showed your son today because it's not something you see every day where this is like a mobile coffee bus. It's mm -hmm. you see like these – uh big you know food trucks that have coffee and it's it's not as uh uh interesting to me i think because it's just a simple food truck which nothing wrong with them but it's not like oh wow let's look at that that's something that you don't see every day and so that's what i wanted so i for the next two months was that's what i did every day uh like all day every day was just working on this bus fully re-gutting it all the way down to where there was nothing in it but just the um, metal that goes around the bus, the frame of it basically, and then the front driver's seat. Um, so I took all that out, put in new flooring. I built um, a little countertop that I can use for uh, serving. I put, put storage underneath it, built a, um, uh, a uh, a space for the fridge that goes in there and then also a sink and then a hand washing sink and just storage like as many places that I could put it and I, I it was I didn't really have any help I had you know help putting the fridge in there but everything else I did myself and so I didn't have really anything to go off of I think I watched a couple of YouTube videos where people put you know, certain things in a, in a bus for coffee, but it wasn't like dedicated to be a coffee bus. Mm -hmm. And so it was more so me like kind of sketching things out in my mind, putting it on paper, make like estimates of everything. And you know, how, how, how long this is going to be, what do I need to cut and like what I want it to be. And at the end, I was really proud of it. Uh, I, you know, I, everything kind of came to life in my vision and I got to, like I said, use it for the first time uh, this past weekend, which is on the 8th and the 9th of October. And I learned that there's a lot of things that I, I need to fix on it, which, you know, you, you don't know until you actually get to take it out and test drive it, basically, and really put it to work. And I didn't realize how many people 
uh, or I guess I, I underestimated how many people this coffee bus would attract and bring in to serve coffee to. And so this weekend, like I got out to the place that I was going at 6 a.m. And I didn't really have anybody until about 6.30. And then they just kind of drizzled in. Well, from about 6.45 to 11 a.m., I was slammed packed the entire time. There was a line wrapped around like where I was. And I was just going, going. And then my sink went out. So like I said, I was using just distilled water and hand washing everything after everything <laughs> I made. And then the espresso machine started messing up because it wasn't um, doing the right pressure. So I had to like fix that. And it, it was just like constant. Like I, I learned things that I need more of, things that aren't really necessary, um, where I can really like put everything. And so it, it, it's it's a very it's a, it was a learning experience for me and so thankfully now the next time that i'm scheduled to go out there um it's not for two weeks so i have two weeks to uh fix all of the kinks in the bus and get it really ready where it's a lot more uh able to flow better and i can kind of cut that line in half where not uh, as in like oh there's not as many people it's they're not having to wait as long so i can now get more and more people in there because they're seeing like oh this line isn't you know 45 minute wait it's like we're getting in we're getting out and it's still that um quality coffee that they're getting without having to sacrifice anything no that's awesome i mean you you figure this out i'm sure uh you need to improve the efficiency because of the lines it's it's sad you know i always wonder about that that uh, some people are lining up in restaurants. In Europe, you don't do that. You just move on to the other restaurant, you know, but it, it's really cool uh, that you think that way. Uh, so what kind of beverages are you serving on it, on like espresso stuff? Yeah, so right now it's, um, I have, uh, like for hot coffees, I have just regular uh, classic, uh, like the coffees that I have, I'll brew those and um, just have that for regular cup of coffee. Um, I, I'm doing latte uh, different flavors of latte. So I, I, that, that's one thing is like, I'm actually, um, I, I kind of like just did my own research and like, like YouTube videos, really a, a lot of how to make certain coffees. And I forgot that, uh, the uh, boot coffee training has that. So the coffee courses. So I, I just looked at that. I was like, okay, I can literally go into this and really help me flow better and make better beverages now. So I'm glad you reminded me of that. Cause I'm going to go look at the barista stuff and watch all those videos. Um, thank you. Yeah. And so then I have, uh, like a macchiato, uh, and then cold brew and iced coffee that's, um, already prepared. Cause you know, cold brew, you have to let sit for a certain while. So I have a certain amount of that in there. And then I also have, um, uh, 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 seasonal flavors like the pumpkin spice that everybody always wants to get. Um, and then I have some drinks for kids, like a, a homemade hot chocolate recipe, and then um, like um, just some like chocolate milk, so they can, you know, if their parents get a nice coffee, the kids Absolutely. can get a chocolate milk with whipped cream and feel like they're they're a part of it as well, instead of just Absolutely. just their parents getting something. Yeah, that's cool. And so that that's all I'm doing on there at the moment. Uh, I hope to expand that menu uh, once I can get, like I said, get. I'm gonna work on efficiency, and then I'll work on expanding. Yeah, so that's, a, I was just going to tell you that maybe before you, uh, like, before the next time, maybe you can actually shorten the menu and improve the efficiency and then keep 
you're adding th stuff back as the things go uh, better because you know I mean, sometimes a big menu means uh, too many options and hey, people think a lot when they're like oh what do I want and then people waiting behind you know that and second obviously it takes you longer time to prepare because you don't have the skills yet you don't know where the things are and once you kind of shake into that it will be easier right it will be faster and uh, I have I, I, one thing which I didn't see on a bus and I was was my question because one thing which I don't know I just kind of like on these American uh, school buses you have this stop sign which kind of like uh, comes up and you know the bus stops and the kids are getting off so do you have something like that I do and it says uh I'm, I'll send you a picture of it it says stop coffee time awesome I was just so going to it, say that yeah so it, it swings out and it says stop coffee time and like I had the bus light so like what I'll do is I'll have the bus just idling while I'm doing it and so all the lights are blinking the the, the stop signs out and it's blinking um and then i have uh speakers on the outside of it so i can be playing music to like kind of like have like the right mood and vibe for people coming to get coffee instead of just this quiet bus that some random guys on that's awesome okay i didn't see that i was like you have to do that you already doing that that's great that that was like a bit, like it's so I, I got the whole bus when i got it, uh all like the logos and stuff on it that was something i was really big uh, wanting to do was making sure it said like stop coffee time awesome all right, let's move on because the time goes on and I have uh, two more uh, things to discuss. One very shortly on marketing. Um, one thing which I noticed that when you came first time, I don't think if you even had your social media up or not, I wasn't following them. But now you have them up. You know, there's a lot of things happening. You have your own videos. I saw that you kind of like talk uh, through your day sometimes about your coffees. You have quotes on your Instagram. and you have influencers. And when I looked at those people, they are not like, you know, winky dinky, you know, uh, I became influencer yesterday, but you know, some established people, how did you get them? Um, I, I think the biggest thing is I, I owe a lot to my fiance and my sister. They are some marketing and social media wizards because they've done, ah. they, they've done a lot of work to, because my sister, like I said, she owns a boutique. It's called The Tiny Closet. And she is probably one of the best marketers that I have ever seen in my life. And I, I don't mean that just to, you know, just say just because she's my sister. But she's actually knows what she's doing. She takes the time to learn it. And that's something that, you know, my fiance has also done. And so they are really good at marketing. And it's something that they've helped me with. And it's something that, like, they'll give me ideas. And I'll just kind of run with those. And so the way that I, you know, worked with these people is because, one, like I said, like every day, like I am hustling to meet people, make meetings, you know, get my coffee to them and, you know, try to show where everything can be beneficial, not just to me, but to them as well. And when uh, another thing is like when they see that transparency of like, I'm, I'm working hard to do that. I mean what I say. And like, I have actual, uh, an actual story and the work ethic behind it. it it's more, it's, it's not, it's not, it's a lot more understanding and like fun to work with in a sense. Like they, they are excited to work and not just like, Oh, this guy just wants to use me. It's okay. I think that a lot is actually being brought to the table that can be beneficial for all parties. Right. And so that, that's another thing. It's like, 
I don't go after people who I think only I would benefit our, you know, or, or I would only benefit them. It's something that is truly going to help everybody. It's not mm-hmm. just being selfish. It's actually wanting to make a community out of it and, 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 and continue to grow that. Going back to the influencers, how did you get them? You want to hide this information from us? I, I, no, it's just, I, you know, <laughs> try, you go for it. If somebody responds, yes, then they respond. Yes. If they respond, no, then you go, then you just keep going. It's, you're not worried about, um, it, that's any sales in general. Like you're not worried about if you get a no or that's it. You mm-hmm. go, okay, got to know. Let's go to the next person. You know, let's, Absolutely. let's, let's see. Cause if somebody says no, it could be just because, okay, that's not working for them. That's not what they need right now. Like, uh, there's a new, um, um, place that I'm going to be selling the coffee in uh, as a merchant or a vendor, I should say. And um, at first, I you know applied to be with them, and they uh, basically said, "No, that's not what we're looking for right now." Well, you know, last week I got a message from them and everything, and now I'm going to be working with them. And it's because at the moment they that's not what they were looking for. So I was like, "Okay, well, just keep me in mind if if if, if needed." And so I, you know. Um, and now it works for them and for me as well. So that's a new partnership. And it, who's it's, that? It's uh, it's called uh, the Merchant and the Maker, um, and it's in our mall here. And it's just uh, everything in there is vendors, and mm-hmm. um, so I'll be in one of their new vendors there. I'll be uh, in uh, have my own table and everything set up that I can uh, sell the coffee from, like that awesome. I can place in there. And you know that that's all it is. And I think that's one thing that like I like I said I work in mortgages so uh calling you know real estate agents and you know people it's i've I've learned like okay if somebody says no i'm not gonna you know get offended from that and be like oh i I suck it's like okay well on to the next one like let, let's find some somebody and something that's that works for it you know like that that it, it truly is like i said beneficial and that at the right timing yeah, I noticed that on, about you when you were on the courses that you are much more assertive than anyone else, and in a very polite way, by the way. It's not not like you know some people can be annoying when they are kind of cold calling and stuff. We are very assertive and uh, in a very polite way, which is a big big plus when it comes to you know pitching your product, when it comes to pitching to influencers. Um, can you give us any kind of like idea that are these influencers who you pay money to or you just send them coffee and they did these videos for you or do you share profits or how, how does this work between you and them uh it depends like, like some people like i just have like sometimes custom stuff with people um it, it all just depends like some just won't you know free coffee some you know they to post certain things you have to actually pay them but i try to sh- sh- shy away from that because that's not really a partnership that's just you know i could go buy an ad anywhere i don't i don't i'm not worried about buying ads if i want to buy an ad then i can mm-hmm. do like the instagram and facebook things where like i'm promoting mine to a certain amount of people it's whenever i'm working with somebody um i really enjoy having it as they believe in the company they believe in the coffee and like i said it's just something that is benefiting everybody do do you think you had any uh sales from these influencers Oh, without a doubt, I have. Yes. Oh, okay. Like it, it's if if I'm not having success with it, then I'll go back and look and see why I didn't. If and you know maybe it's just that's not the right um, 
audience um, following or audience mm-hmm. that you know goes with us and so you know it's it's not that like oh i don't like this person it's like okay maybe like our audiences don't you know either overlap or you know they they aren't the same thing so it's it's you know like hey thanks like i'm glad we got to you know work together like maybe in the future maybe you know just as you know friends customers whatever it is you know it's like i said it's it's all about that you know if something doesn't work out you move on to the next one and you find out what's going to work for you your business and everybody that's associated with it anyway uh you also have a right to ask me a question uh, as a reward for all your time you've uh, spent with us. So do you have a question for me? One question. It's a ballsy question, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Would you actually be a customer of my coffee if you did not know me? I don't think so. Because, because I roast my own coffee. Because I, I don't buy any coffee from anyone. If I were in Alabama, definitely. If I'm in your region locally, definitely. If I don't roast my, let's say, let's put, okay, let's, let's change this a little bit. Let's say I don't roast coffee. I'm not in a coffee business. Let's say I'm uh, making wine or whatever, you know, it's my different business. And uh, then uh, if I see you online in California, probably not because I feel very strongly about local products. I would probably be buying some local roaster here. But if I were in Alabama, definitely, because I love your branding. I love that you uh, are very different. I like that. I will definitely be visiting your uh, bus regularly if it's, you know, close to me. I, I just love that. I mean, it's, it's super cool. You know, it's like you said, I mean, I love food trucks too, but, you know, they're, as you said, they're food trucks, you know, and this is very different. And it's just kind of like, I like crazy people, man. I just like when you come up with a totally naughty idea. And even though you said that it was very hard to set it up and it, you still have problems with it and it's an old bus, you know, but... It's it's awesome. I, I love that. This thing's exciting. Like I got mm-hmm. like whenever like everything was like going wrong at one point uh on the our debut, like people were talking I was telling I was being very like I said, being very transparent, like, you know, like this, 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 and this has gone wrong, but you know, it's what keeps things exciting and I just keep going, you know. You just kind of pivot and you know, go from there. It, it it life would be really boring if everything went to plan every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. Did it answer your question or do you have... That answers my question and I awesome. like that answer. I like the answer. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't buy coffee from anyone. And that's kind of sad. I, I was actually thinking that maybe with Boot Coffee, we should start some kind of like uh, uh, evening coffee club or let's say weekend coffee club because nobody drinks coffee in the evening where we visit, like revisit uh, or retaste or what do you call it, uh, local roasteries because I don't even know what they do. Uh, and there's a lot of people here who would want to try different coffees. You know, I randomly on one weekend happened to me that I had my buddies there and somebody else came and, and we, I, you know, showed them some coffees and they were so interested in that. And I said, we should do this every weekend. I was like, yeah, maybe with the local brands and help them out too. As you know me, I love to help people, especially now that they are not my competitors. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I love to help. That's why we have this podcast, right? That's why. You know, I love to talk to students after, you know, lunch or during the lunch when they have all these questions, which we cannot address in SCA course because there is a given curriculum, but I'm happy to talk about. So I would love to help, you know, I, I really, I really hope that you will burn yourself on your size of the roaster. I really hope because that would mean that you're doing so well that you need to sell more coffee. And that's, that's awesome, right? The, as soon as I realize that I am burnt out on that size roaster, I'm going to send you a selfie 
of me doing a thumbs up buying the new one <laughs> yeah awesome all right man thank you so much for all the tips and all the stories this was fun i enjoyed it this was I've, I've done a couple podcasts and this is probably my favorite one i'm not gonna lie oh awesome i'm so happy to hear that so have a good one you too i appreciate you having me on super unprofessional hanging up on your guests like that i didn't hang up on your on you man it's something with your internet it wasn't me i have perfect internet i have perfect internet too maybe it was just you know something between california and alabama they just don't they just don't like it they they, they don't want to see us succeed <laughs> they don't want us to be friends <laughs> <laughs> it's all politics man <sighs> anyways uh because you I voted let... for biden i didn't vote it for biden man <laughs> I didn't. I'm just. I'm just kidding. I wasn't a citizen then. I was about. To, I was about to say, like, you weren't even a citizen. You couldn't. Vote. <laughs>